1: This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, hey, Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild?
0: Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister Candace Ray... Look, up in
1: the
0: sky, it's The Creative Team! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team! I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today? Well...
1: It is a hot summer night at Castle Ronnington, and uh, it's uh, it really goes with the theme of today's show. It's a big show today, and boy, speaking of big show, I, we, gotta, we gotta touch on our conversation from last week in a special episode of Take It Up With Creative. How did you feel about last week's episode, and what did you feel about, eventually, the storyline we came up with, as well as the ideas that were presented on the table?
0: <laughs> well... I definitely had a lot of thoughts from the episode last week. It was uh, very interesting, I will say. Um, I was going to come on here today and introduce this show, as at least we're competing today, so I know you're going to be serious. But, uh, you know, upon reflection, as I, you know, this is one of the first episodes I had to just play for people. I had to be that guy. and be a mark, like, hey, listen to my podcast to people, because um, when you go into full pitch mode, and you are acting very serious and you're describing in great detail the script that you wrote out for the for the big hoe and the hoe train or the show train. Um, it, it just it, the commitment was impressive. And uh, I did enjoy it because this was the first time that you showed even a crack of just not being able to contain yourself, laughing at your own joke, but uh, you kept it together. You didn't, uh, you know, completely get to a laughing point, and uh, it was fantastic. How are you feeling about yourself?
1: I mean, you know, everyone loves their own brand. I've heard once before, but <laughs> I, uh, I did have a blast. I love being creative, even when it's at the detriment of creativity.
0: Oh no! It was it was certainly creative.
1: Yes, absolutely. It was certainly a thing that came out of my brain on a sheet of paper.
0: I mean, I just I really enjoyed the fact that we gave Kai and Tai a six month like just long push as the tag team champions. That was fun. Um, was was Kai and Tai your favorite throw to this thing?
1: I mean, I thought they were a shoe in for hey, who don't we talk about back in those days and. I have to. I, I had to shed some light on him, put a spotlight on them, and of course, uh, and who doesn't love Funaki?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, you know, SmackDown number one announcer Funaki. Uh, he was there for a really long time, so you got to think that somebody likes him. Indeed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, another brilliant storyline that uh, I think maybe yours might have uh, made the air. You know, now that we're considering the Attitude Era. And what was going on, it really wasn't that far fetched of a story angle that we might have seen with the big show and the godfather and a little bit of cross dressing and treating men like hoes. Oh, so yeah,
1: as soon uh, as Mae Young birthed the hand, we would come back from commercial <laughs> and go right into the show train angle. And it would just it wouldn't be out of place at all. I'm telling you, last week was a total resume builder for me. I might just hang up the podcast entirely and become a writer at WWE.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, what? what's funny is I did actually have that thought this week that, uh, you know what? If this lines in the wrong ears, uh, someone's going to call Ron for for a, a script writing job and he would be like, I love it, pal. This is great. This is exactly what we need.
1: Yes, I can solve the company's writing problems, but nobody comes to me for the answers.
0: Yes, yes. Which is, you know, kind of the idea behind our, our whole podcast here is that... Uh, You know, every wrestling fan thinks they're a better booker than Vince McMahon, even though he's the only one that's made billions of dollars doing it. So, you know, it is what it is. Hey, but, you know, they have my number. They
1: have my 8x10s. They know where to find me, I'm sure. But I'm going to give your funny bones a break this week because you're right. This theme for this show, our special creative team fantasy draft, we do compete, and I have to take it seriously in order to come for blood and destroy you and your stupid record.
0: (laughs) I do believe. I am four and one at this point.
1: That so. is delightful. A record heard round the world. Hopefully only on the creative team podcast.
0: <laughs> it's been a bittersweet week for me since we're on the, the, uh, you know, topic of fantasy sports. There are some real sports that happened this week. So, you know, Ron can tune out for the next minute and a half because I know he doesn't give a shits. but uh, being a Lakers fan, Uh, This week was cause for celebration as they pulled off just a gigantic blockbuster trade to create the new super team in basketball. And the only reason I'm not crying right now is because that happened because my beloved Chicago Cubs uh, just dismantled every last remains from their world championship team from uh, 2016. And they just sent everybody everywhere. And one of my favorite players went to the Yankees, it's like, it's like the equivalent of summing of like you know the Undertaker jumping ship to go to WCW and the it, oh it, it just hurt my heart to see one of my favorite players go to the Evil Empire. But uh, I, I I wish Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Javier Baez all the success in the world because it took a hundred and eight goddamn years, but on the day that Ron was married, asshole. No, sorry, the day of your practice wedding. The Cubs won the World Series. Yes, the Cubs won the World Series in one of the all-time great games. And those three were a big part of it and delivered it. So I will not, I will always cheer for them, even if they play for the goddamn Yankees. So, all right, back to wrestling. (laughs) Yes. It is summertime. And that means this week we are doing our fantasy draft. Picking SummerSlam matches, the best SummerSlam matches of all time. Now, we did this with WrestleMania, where typically you do a draft, you draft individuals, and we come up with a fantasy card. Uh, Well, today we're drafting, we're going to make a fantasy card, but it's of matches that actually happened, which is fantastic because now at this point, it's not up to the judges necessarily to visualize the match because they've seen these matches, they know these matches. And so it's going to be recalling them. And now it's just going to solely be relying on the taste and the feelings of those judges in their childhoods to now or later, whatever it may be. And uh, I love it. How are you feeling about it? This is the first time that you, Ronald, booked the guests for uh, one of our fantasy drafts. Uh, do you think that gives you an advantage? Not
1: really. Like uh, I, I don't, I don't uh, groom the guests. I'm more excited about <laughs> catching up with uh, these two gentlemen because, and we can, we'll get into it when they're when they come on. But I was fans of these guys. Like these guys were DVDs before I met them. Like the when I got into independent wrestling, I got those early PWG DVDs, and it was full of Hook, Bomberry, and Dino Winwood And who knew that three to four years later, I'd be partying with these gentlemen and laughing hysterically with them and basically becoming really like close friends with one of them for like a weird stretch of time where it was just like, man, we've been saying we've been seeing each other every day. And I'm talking about Hooked Bomberry. And it's just, you know, two great guys. Can't wait to hear their takes. Can't wait to see what their tastes are in wrestling today. And uh, can't wait to see who they prefer. And I'm having a strong feeling that I might be running away with this one. Not because I groomed the guests like the record has shown on your side of things, (laughs) but I think I'm playing to the strengths of their taste, and I cannot wait to present it. But first, we need to present our matches to each other. It's going to be a war. And fitting that it's summer, this could get really heated, because I know that you and I have strong opinions on what we think the best SummerSlam pay-per-view as a whole is, And I think we're going to be coming for blood with that card. But I know that you have a soft spot for a lot of good old school SummerSlam matches, as do I. And I'm just excited. I can't wait to flip this damn coin. Do you have one on you?
0: Yes. As always, I am prepared and ready to go. I never slow recording down. It's never my fault. Ever. (laughs) But I do have a coin. Uh, would you like to call it, Ronald? Heads or tails?
1: Ooh, you know, I think I'm going to let the
0: winner call it. Oh, okay. Then I will call it. And tails never fails. And flipping the coin. pating, ting And it's heads. Oh! I have not won one damn coin toss yet. Oh, there's a conspiracy, I think. Ronald? Oh, yes, a conspiracy.
1: I always win the coin toss, but never the fucking draft. <laughs> so, whatever conspiracy that is, you can have it. Um, Would you
0: like the first pick, or be the first one to pick two? Well, I think, I think
1: I'm going to go first pick this time. Because, okay. you know, this might not be your first pick, but this one holds near and dear to my heart, and... I'm going to start it with a story because you're heavily involved now. And I'm going to tell this story through the lens of a lonely pizza delivery man. So,
0: <laughs> oh, wonderful. I'll write that down. You finish your story. <laughs> good, good, good. Because I'm a pizza
1: delivery driver and I'm going to deliver to a house.
0: And upon
1: arrival, I hear cheering and laughter and oh, my God and all of the above and the door opens and there is the host and the owner of the house telling me to come inside because he cannot miss what's about to happen and so the del- and so i oblige the delivery driver i'm still the delivery driver i come in and i'm handling my pizza transaction while a whole living room of kids are cheering and jumping with glee at the sight of a match that i am going for first and that is the return of Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2 Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in the unsanctioned match. One of the coolest moments I've ever had as a fan is seeing Shawn Michaels return, because no one thought he was ever going to, and he came back in such tremendous fashion, and not only did he come back for one more, one more match, he came back for a whole nother career, and arguably, some of his best work took place after that. So that's my number one draft pick. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H 2002. Oh, that's Do you remember okay. that memory fondly? Because I do. Yes, it's so great I do. that as we drag the, the pizza guy pizza in. Man. <laughs> yeah. And have him yes. watch because Shawn Michaels is on the, on the top rope about to put Triple H to a table.
0: Yeah, yeah. like It's like coming to the climax of the match right when the pizza gets there. It's like, God damn it. And what was cool was he was like, He was like, like, oh, you guys watching? It's like, yeah, Shawn Michaels back. He's like, oh, Shawn Michaels. I'm like, yeah, come inside. Like, then he watched it. Like, he just totally, I don't know if he had other deliveries or whatnot, but he just totally blew off his job for the next five minutes to watch wrestling with us at the delivery he was making. And then (laughs) I gave him a nice tip and he went about his business. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I mean, it's a great day for any person doing any job. If your day, if your job is partially interrupted to the return of Shawn Michaels, putting Triple H through a table, then that's a good day, in my opinion. But I got to know what your number one draft pick is.
0: Oh, okay. So now now here's where I'm trying out a new strategy this time. Uh, Since we're picking matches, you have already picked HBK Shawn Michaels. So. I have all the other Shawn Michaels matches at my at my uh, you know at my leisure, so I don't need to pick one now. Uh, this would have been my first pick because I was just one thousand percent sure you were going with the Bret Hart match right now, and so now my whole strategy is screwed up. Um, but a match I know that I have to take off the board, otherwise you're going to jump on it, and with my strategy that I can save the HBK Hulk Hogan match for way later in this draft. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm going with my favorite, my, this is it. This is my personal favorite SummerSlam match and it's not Bret Hart. So I'm going with Ray Mysterio versus Kurt Angle. Shit. That is it, it. I, I just something about that match where it was just perfection. They hit everything. Absolutely. Perfectly. Everything was executed well. The timing was incredible, and they just absolutely stole the show for me, and it's my favorite SummerSlam match of all time, my favorite Kurt Angle match, and my second favorite Rey Mysterio match. So I'm going Rey and Kurt Angle with my first pick.
1: Brilliant. It was definitely on my list, and I'm really
0: sad that it left. Now this is where it's tough, because I'm trying to figure out what else it is that might be on your list. And let's just be honest, there's three, possibly four Bret Hart matches, and I'm okay with any of them. So, I don't need to pick a Bret Hart match right now, either. So, now it just comes down to, I'm going to stay with your fond memories at my house, and we're going to go back to 2002 as... At the time, just my friend, actually, she may have been dating another one in our group, but anyway, I digress. My wife, now, her favorite wrestler of all the times, her man, her boo, her favorite, The Rock, main evented this this SummerSlam, and this is when they decided they were going to make the next best, the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. And we all, after Brock hit the F5, and pinned The Rock. Everyone in the room took great pleasure in standing in a circle around my wife, pointing and laughing in her face, and we all celebrated grandly, and uh, it even led to a nice rib later where I sat through five hours of The Rock's matches to make my wife a mixtape, but of the greatest matches of The Rock. And at that moment, I had just enough ability to edit just enough to when the three count was made on this tape, I pointed and laughed at the camera <laughs> as a callback to earlier moments and mixed it in there in her mixtape. So she got a nice little laugh out of that. And uh, I didn't get late for a couple weeks. But anyway, uh, Ronald, I picked Rock versus Brock. And now it is your second pick.
1: And I am back to pissed because that was on my list. And we have cleared everything that I've wanted from O2 now. So, fuck. Glad I went with Triple H and Shawn Michaels first.
0: But... That really you know, was a great SummerSlam, now that we're talking about it. Yeah,
1: it's it's the best SummerSlam. It, like, it very even, well There's even be. other matches on there that are like, holy shit. Uh, but... So, I think I might just take advantage of your, you know, lax approach to snagging a Bret Hart match. Because I'm going to take... My personal favorite SummerSlam match. Only because it's the first SummerSlam I've ever seen. And it was the first pay-per-view I've ever got as a a wrestling fan. And I am going with Brother vs. Brother in a Cage. It is Bret Hart vs. Owen Hart 1994. The Big Steel Blue Cage. It is a long masterpiece of a match. And I am going with that one. Bret Hart vs. Owen Hart. Big Blue.
0: That is a solid pick. Uh, it was one of the three that were on my list, and I'm totally fine with having the Mr. Perfect and British Bulldog match at my disposal whenever I feel good about it. And so I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, that I, I also, also have other Owen Hart matches on here that I'm really excited about. So uh, fantastic all around. So your number three pick, Ronald. My number three
1: pick... I think you might have this on your list, but I'm just going to snag it now. Uh, This was a match in my recent fandom that I was totally invested in. I love the build. I love the story. And, you know, Babyface versus Babyface matches typically are kind of a head scratcher, but this one was perfect. And I am going with Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry, versus John Cena. At SummerSlam 2013.
0: Yes, it, it was a good match. I do remember it. It is. It did not make my list. Um, there are no John Cena's on my list. Or, Ooh. sad to say for that matter, Daniel Bryan's. So, uh, y- you got one up on me. And uh, I'm good with it because that still leaves all of the choices for me. So, I'm going to go outside the box of my comfort zone here. Shit. and hope hope that the judges like garbage wrestling because i'm going tlc <laughs> edge and christian the original tlc match from 2000 that was edge and christian versus the dudleys versus the hardys why did the i pull the part... trigger on brian and cena now <laughs> i could have got the tlc <laughs> You could have got you could have got John Cena in the last round, and I never would have got there. So uh, damn it. <laughs> uh and that's where the strategy comes into play. Um, and that's why I tried a new strategy today. I'm telling you right now, like your last two picks are gonna be Hogan and HBK and then Brett in whichever match I feel like. So I got all the time in the world, and I just stole the one of the gems from SummerSlam. So I love it. I could see Ron's agitated, too. He's mad with himself. This is fantastic. And now. I'm going to decide which. No, I'm not. I'm going to go with another one of my personal favorites that I loved. Even when I was a child, I'm going old school SummerSlam 1989 for the intercontinental title. Ravishing Rick Rude versus the Ultimate Warrior. And this is a fantastic match. I believe this is the one where Bobby Heenan holds a foot and Rick Rude gives Ultimate Warrior his first loss, which was incredible. So that is my second pick, Ultimate Warrior. And now I know that's one that may not be on your list, but I love it and it deserves to go higher. So yeah, boom. go fuck
1: yourself, Cole. So my next pick. <laughs> My next pick, since you can't pick this now because you obviously went with the better of the two Kurt matches, but I'm going to go with 04 SummerSlam, and it is Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. Oh. Fantastical match. Uh, better than their WrestleMania match. I freaking love this match. I love how drawn out and dramatic the ending was. Freaking uh, Kurt Angle putting the ankle lock on Eddie Guerrero with his barefoot. It just looked epic and looked mean and horrifying. That's my number
0: four pick, Eddie versus Kurt, 04. That's fantastic. It's another one of those that I, like, I started going through these SummerSlam cards and I started realizing that I don't remember, like, the majority of SummerSlam that's happened, which is weird because, like, the the first 20 WrestleManias are so ingrained in my brain, except for maybe uh, 2,000. That one kind of sucks. But like the other ones, like it's just so vivid. I can remember the opening matches. I remember some of the middle card matches. But SummerSlam, I'm like when when you when you pitched, I was like, I can think of like six SummerSlam matches ever, and they're all Bret Hart. <laughs> and then the Ray the Ray and, and Angle, which is my favorite. And so that it was a nice trip down memory lane for me to, you know, kind of relive these and try to jog my memory. So uh yeah, your number five pick. Now, this one's going to be tough, because I have
1: two choices for the man, and one is drenched in my childhood and how it affected me personally, and the other is the better of the two matches. So go I think I heart. might go with the better of the two matches. No! <laughs> Neither one of these are are going to be on your list, so I think this is like a safe pick. But you know... I'm kind of I kind of a versus because I'm kinda, take kinda, kinda couple of matches that because you've taken all the ones I want. <laughs> I haven't just I vote. didn't pick enough for the possibilities. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the three that I have on the table I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of boned here, but I'm just going to pick because I don't have any fresh ideas, so I'm going to come up with the next idea while you're pitching your next two picks. So, I am going to go Oh, this is tough. Okay, fuck it. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. I'm going back to 1998. And I got two of the biggest stars in the Attitude Era. And I'm going to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker from the main event of 1998. Undertaker doing a top rope leg drop to the outside through a table. One of the coolest visuals I've ever seen. Austin getting knocked out for real for a portion of the match. And it's fantastic. Uh, the Highway to Hell theme, freaking, yeah, I, I, I loved this match. It was my, you know, I think it's the only good Austin match from SummerSlam, you know, with, yeah, one of them could have been better, but, you know, things happen. Uh, But yeah, that'll be my pick. Taker versus Austin, 1998.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to stay with Stone Cold uh, because I think the other match you might be alluding to was great. It just bad things happened. And, uh, it started basically the rise to terror of stone cold Steve Austin. And I think it was maybe the most important thing that happened to him when Owen Hart gave him the pile driver and broke his neck. Um, I, it, I, I think his matches would have been better going forward had that not happened. But, um, once that happened, Austin really ingratiated himself with the fans and became a, a just a beloved sympathetic character While he was trying desperately to wrestle, but he wasn't cleared because his neck was broken. So I am going to go ahead and take that match, Austin versus Owen Hart, for the Intercontinental title. And now, there are only a few matches left for me to choose from. Because I already know what my last two picks are. But for my money... This was the best woman's match in the history of SummerSlam, and really the only one of the '90s besides Sapphire and uh, Sherry. Uh, but I'm gonna go with a little bit of wild card here, and I'm picked, I'm taking Alundra Blaze versus Bull Nakano.
1: Ooh, 1994.
0: Yes, sir. So hopefully, our judges like Japanese wrestling. he. <laughs> Hi, Dino.
1: (laughs) No, no, there's no Justin this time.
0: I know. So, Ronald, it is you for your sixth pick, sixth and seventh pick. We're getting down Mm. to the wire already.
1: Okay. So I don't have either of these two gentlemen on my card. And it's a match I know you don't have, but this was a fantastic match. Go out of your way to rewatch this. Seriously. This was before Brock Lesnar became the unstoppable beast that kind of just destroyed you from the ground up and you had no chance in hell. This was shortly before that when he was having competitive matches with everybody. And this was like the last one that happened and is one of the most classic matches in recent history. And seriously, go out of your way to watch it. I recently rewatched it and it is really good. And I am going with Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk from 2013.
0: I don't think I watched it, if I'm being honest. Um, you should. and I did see that on a lot of lists as I was doing my research. That it made a lot of top twenty-five, top fifty, top ten lists. So uh, I might just put that on as soon as we're done here. So yeah, good choice. Uh, I wasn't on my list, and uh, I love it. I'm glad. I, I like when we get a little more recent stuff. It's just harder for me for Summerslam. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings us to your number seven pick, Ronald.
1: Oh, man. I know.
0: Now you're like going off of memory.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm going off of memory right now. It is not fun because literally all my stuff is gone. Everything. So I think I'm just going to reach into my bag of memory tricks. And I'm just going to go with something completely random a bit out of the box just for name value. And I am going to go with SummerSlam 2006. Mick Foley versus Ric Flair in an I Quit match.
0: There you go. It's something I definitely looked at it and I said, oh, that's a lot of, you know, name recognition. And I remember it being a fun match. I remember it being enjoyable to watch. And I love that they had that little like legit, Shoot feud that worked out for us, so that was fun. <laughs> so, uh, and so my number seven, we've talked about it, uh, I've thrown it out there, I've been taunting you with it the whole time. My number seven, Hulk Hogan, taking on the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. It is one of the most interesting spectacles of all time. Um, Shawn Michaels, just for 30 minutes. Slipped a little bit back into 1997 mode and decided, well, if this guy's going to be an asshole and not going to want to work with me and I got to be a heel all of a sudden and do all this shit, I'm going to bump and oversell like an asshole. I'm going to do flips. I'm going to flop. It's going to be the most entertaining thing ever for, for for workers to be watching, knowing what's going on. And uh, But even still... This match is fantastic. Hogan doesn't take any bumps because his body had failed him by this point. But this is as good a match as you can have with one person who refuses to leave their feet. And Shawn is at his absolute best in this match. Uh, I highly recommend going and watching the Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan match. So now, now my number eight pick. And this one's tough because it's just the two Bret Hart matches left. And they are both two of my favorite six matches in the history of the wrestling business. Because Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam 91 is just incredible. It's one of the, it's really the match that put Bret on the map as a single star and let everyone know that, hey, this guy is really great at his job. But 1992 against his brother-in-law with the storyline with his sister, you know, Bulldog's wife in the audience at in it's at Wembley Stadium. And there's 83,000 people. It's insane. And. Oh, man, this is a tough call for me, but I'm going to go with. SummerSlam 92, because it was the first match of my childhood that really stuck with me that I watched over and over again and it was you know the match that made brett in my mind the greatest of all time um even at 10 years old 9 years old so my number 8 pick my last pick rounding out my card brett hart versus the british bulldog
1: perfect you know i uh the other one obviously is mr perfect in 91 which is fantastic but Yeah, that that in itself was a great match, but the story between Bulldog and Brett was perfect. The cuts to Diana and the audience is perfect. It's just, you know, Brett was at his best angle-wise when, like, I think he involved the family, and it's, you know, it's very telling that we went with two major angles with that theme. I went with his brother Owen at SummerSlam, and you went with his brother-in-law, and, yeah, two classic matches from Bret Hart And it'll surprise you because my last pick is going to be a classic match. And I'm going with SummerSlam, Macho Man versus The Ultimate Warrior. Are you shocked at my pick?
0: No, I I won't say shocked um, because Randy Savage belongs in every list ever. Um, My problem is the only other Savage match for me that really reached that level was the mega powers versus the mega bucks. So like the, the you know, the first SummerSlam where he had Andre and DiBiase. And this is when they built up that just masterful storyline to Hogan versus Savage at WrestleMania five. And this is where, you know, they started planting the seeds of doubt in the macho man's, ma- you know, mad mind. And, uh, that would have been my pick. But yeah, I got no problems with Warrior and Savage. wonderful match. Like, uh, yeah, I don't remember it as much as our WrestleMania match. But uh, I'm going to probably have to go review it. You should. <laughs> oh, nice quippy comeback there. <laughs> I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, I knocked Ron <laughs> off of his access today. I, I took all of his draft picks. He He tried to outthink me here, and I think I may have uh i may have won the pony with the outsmarting on today with the strategy but we still got to put these cards together in a way that makes sense and we still have to go to judges taste so i don't think that ron uh uh, picked an inferior draft here by any means because it's all incredible but i gotta say looking at this again um you have a lot more wrestling matches than i do i have you know tlc i have yeah, oh, man, I've got a woman's match. This is fantastic. I definitely have a more of a sports entertainment card than you do. So I don't always feel great about that. But
1: yeah, we shall see how it goes. You know that it's all about judges taste and we have been shocked before. I mean, so who knows what the outcome is going to be. But yes, tying on to what you were saying, you did knock me off my axis. I am flabbergasted that you have picked most of my picks because I even thought that you had no shot. At picking some of these picks i can't believe you took tlc from me i am <laughs> very upset about that because i love those matches and uh yeah so i am really relying on the way i'm going to have to order these in order to beat you sir
0: yeah well but see that was one of my strategy things like this the, the fun thing about us doing this together is that we both kind of know how each how the other one thinks a little bit. And uh, a lot of times, when we find when we're doing our booking stuff, like last week when we both put the Big Show in a tag team, <laughs> and we both put them with Kai and Tai in some form or fashion, it was the first name on our minds for oh, them.
1: I am I am quite certain Big Show got tag teamed in my storyline.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. You're back now. You're back. You're yes. a little. <laughs> and, and we're back. <laughs> Yes, Ron is back. He's got the quips now. He's gonna he's gonna make me laugh for ten minutes while I try to do this the outro for the show. But uh, oh, we're doing an outro. Uh, yeah. We gotta review our matches. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. We gotta review our matches. And uh, but before we do that, do you have any honorable mentions? Any other Summerslam matches that uh, you like that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet?
1: Um, no, because obviously you saw me searching for matches mid draft. <laughs> So, no honorable mentions, otherwise they'd be on the list without any typing in the background. But, I have an impromptu, overrated, properly rated, underrated. Yes. I've been waiting. I I actually forgot. I wanted to do this at the top of the show. That's okay. I I didn't know what three names to go with that would actually make me satisfied, no matter who you said one of them was (laughs) overrated. Because I don't think you have a problem calling anybody overrated. But I think you might have a tough time with these
0: three, so I'm going to lay it on you. Are you ready? Oh man! After all the abuse last week, oh, you... go ahead, Ronald. Okay. Properly
1: rated, underrated, overrated. Your three choices are, obviously, Brett the Hitman, Hart, Terry Funk. Oh no! And Bruiser Brody.
0: Oh no! That's just mean. Because oh my god, you cannot under any circumstances call Terry Funk underrated. Or overrated rather. Um So out of these three You're gonna make me relive my Mabel right now is what's happening. I think you just want me to say Mabel, Mabel
1: No, I just want oh. you to say one of these guys is under is overrated.
0: Okay, so I will I have to say First and foremost, uh, sticking with Bret Hart as properly rated, um, I guess, because like we like we said on the last episode when I made you say Undertaker was overrated. Uh, Bret is properly rated because it there's kind of an argument realistically about where he is and i and even though he's my favorite professional wrestler of all time i think he's the best bell bell worker of all time i understand where some people would say that he's not that great or he's boring or this or that because you know let's face it his his white meat baby face promos weren't the most exciting things you know because he is low little ball. but i thought his heel stuff was incredible and i thought it was a lot more entertaining as a as a personality at that point but um, so, like, it, it's a lot of people think Bret Hart's the greatest of all time. So, how can you call him overrated? Uh, or, sorry, yeah, how can you call him underrated when he's considered one of the all time greats? So, properly rated on him. Now, I have to go Terry Funk as underrated because he does not get love at all when people are talking about their Mount Rushmore's or who the greatest of all time is. Like it's never brought up that Terry Funk should be in that conversation, but he is better than Flair. He's better than Hogan. He's better than Austin. He's better than all the guys who get mentioned as the greatest of all time. I just think Terry, the only thing holding Terry Funk back was Terry Funk himself who always had a sick horse or (laughs) he, he couldn't stay in one place for a long enough time to get gain the traction. But if you just go back and watch like Terry Funk versus Hulk Hogan and watch him selling his ass off for Hulk, and then you go watch the stuff with flair in 89 and steamboat and then watch his ECW stuff and then watch him even in 2000 and something. What what was it? The, uh, was it one night stand? He came and he just stole the show, had the best match of the night. And he's like 58, 60 years old at the time. It might've been the second one night stand when they got Funker, but yes, I mean, Funk has just been incredible since the seventies. Like at one point him and, you know, when, when him and Dory were feuding with the Briscoes, it was the greatest wrestling anyone had ever seen. And that was the seventies and they were tag team specialists. And then he goes on to be the world champion. And then he does, he, he you know, he turns ECW into a big thing, you know, 40 years later yeah, Terry Funk underrated. He's and, one of the greatest of all times. Go watch it. And he ended up on my top ten mass wrestlers. <laughs> oh goddamn it! And Bruiser Brody, in this case, is the overrated one. Bruiser Brody overrated. Um, he was he had a similar thing that Terry Funk did, where he never stayed in a place, but. Brody was more like he'd show up and say, hey, you need to pay me $100,000 tonight or I'm not wrestling. And then he'd get paid and never work for them again. And so Brody, you know, there was a reason he ended up in a shower in an unfortunate situation. He wasn't the easiest person to deal with. He screwed over a lot of promoters and he didn't like he didn't do jobs for anybody. So I guess if I have to find a reason to complain about Brody, um, those are it even though he's great and changed you know, one of the best characters ever, I'm still gonna say Bruiser Brody slightly overrated in this particular scenario.
1: Well perfect. <sighs> we got underrated Terry Funk, properly rated Bret Hart, and overrated because he's not a king, Bruiser Brody. <laughs>
0: God damn. Mabel.
1: Yes. Well that was fun. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm gonna fun. have another one for you in quite some time because I think everything else would just be easy. I think if I'm gonna pick <laughs> The hardest one, I think that would probably be it. So, did you have any
0: honorable mentions? <laughs> no, you didn't. Correct. No, because I was live researching. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, since I tried to tell you, bud, you need to have at least like twenty matches if you can help it. <laughs> the problem is that with SummerSlam, it was really hard because they were all either Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels, or you know, it was like the same people had the great matches. And uh, but a couple honorable mentions I had on here, I wrote down mankind versus Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin because the special guest referee was Jesse the Body Ventura, and I wanted you know if we're going talking star power and wanting to maybe try to steal a, a match that you don't really uh, necessarily love, but having Jesse Ventura there is an attraction. So I was going to try. I also had down wild card. It was either going to be this or the women's match. The Steiner Brothers taken on the. Sorry, the Steiner Brothers taken on the Heavenly Bodies. That was one of the show stealing matches uh, from SummerSlam. You know, long, long ago that nobody talks about or remembers, but uh, it was kind of the match that got the Steiner Brothers heat because they were so much better than everybody. And that match was incredible. And uh, yeah, so it didn't go well for them after that. Um, I know you want to talk about Taker versus Taker Ronald.
1: Oh, I mean, we, I've talked about that match at nauseum. It, it was the main <laughs> event that made me force my parents to buy me a pay-per-view. Because the angle was so brilliantly told to an eight-year-old. You hired the, the naked gun, the detective, to find the real Undertaker, and the payoff was huge. But no, another Taker match that I wanted to talk about that was in the running between Taker and Austin was this one. It was 1996- when boiler room brawl first happened against the undertaker and mankind and Paul bear turned on the undertaker and I was crushed. And so that was in the running between it was that match between taker and Austin. And I had to go with the star power. I felt, I felt felt dirty saying that, but yeah, Austin versus mankind got to go with Austin.
0: Yeah. So my taker match, this one might surprise you. Well, it is as way later, uh, two thousand and eight. Yes. Hell in the cell with Edge. That was my Taker match that I had written down here because I, it's just so hard going back in time when Taker was was in his prime and wrestling all the time. He just had such shitty booking. Like he got put in these just awful situations. And then by the time he could have had some great matches at SummerSlam, he was only doing Mania. So <laughs> it was it was tough. But uh, the last honorable mention on here i i'm going to bring up because it was the the leading up to this pay-per-view this match was the first house show i ever went to when i was nine and uh the main event at this house show i'll never forget it it was a fantastic match cage match yokozuna versus bret hart for the title. And I was convinced because I was nine that Bret Hart was going to win, even though earlier on in the night they had a live in ring promo from Lex Luger and they did the USA chant and it was loud as balls and it was awesome. I felt like so cool that I got to participate in the USA, USA chants, you know, as they're promoting the match at SummerSlam. You know, at nine-year-old me didn't realize, like, yeah, they're not going to change the title right before SummerSlam when they've had Lex Luger on a bus all summer. And <laughs> but I wanted to see Brett win. It was a fantastic match, too. Mr. Fuji was heavily involved and screwed Brett over twice so that Yokozuna could walk out the door. It was great. But Son So the bitch. match I'm talking about, Yokozuna versus Lex Luger at SummerSlam, uh, the main event with a complete non-finish. Total just awesome. But I had it down just in case... Uh, I didn't want to end up in the same situation as you where I needed to go to the Googles and try to find a match. So,
1: <laughs> Well, one last honorable mention since you just went through your last one. I got to go 1997, Bret Hart versus Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Now, I, you know, since there's so many Bret Hart match choices, I didn't think this was going to make the right. cut. But it's worth mentioning because the finish was so out of nowhere and it sparked a whole pissed-off crowd at Shawn Michaels the next night. And it was really... The champagne bottle across the boat for Shawn Michaels' heel turn for 1997 and some of the best work you'll ever see. So, yeah, we got to mention that
0: one too. Taker versus Brett, Shawn Michaels, a special referee. So, I will review the drafts so everyone knows what we're going to be ordering. uh, I'll start with Ron. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Brett Hart versus Owen Hart in a cage. John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Kurt Angle taking on Eddie Guerrero. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk. Awesome, awesome Legends match. Mick Foley taking on Ric Flair. In an I Quit match. In an I Quit match and rounding out his card, The Macho Man Randy Savage taking on The Ultimate Warrior. And for me, I led off with Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle. The Rock. Taken on Brock Lesnar. The TLC match. My favorite draft pick of this whole draft, knowing that it would ruin Ron's life. Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys versus the Hardys. One of my all-time favorites, Ravishing Rick Rude versus the Ultimate Warrior. Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on the Owen Hart, the Rocket, the King, whatever his nickname was at the time. The Owen Hart. Yes, the Owen Hart. Uh, And a woman's match, Alundra Blaze versus Bull Nakano. Hulk Hogan versus the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels and finishing out my draft, Brett, the Hitman Horn taking taken on the British bulldog, Davey boy Smith. So we're going to sleep on it. We're going to, you know, pull our hair out where, where what's left of Ron's and uh, we're going to come up with a card and present it to the judges. And uh, it's going to be exciting and fun. Ronald, how you feeling about your draft? My hair might not grow back, but my confidence is grown full. And
1: I was just grinning ear to ear listening to you recite both of our cards because this is, for the first time ever, I'm, like, quite confident that you're fucked. Uh, <laughs> my card is fan and I cannot wait to smash the competition. And uh, it's going to be a heated uh, presentation. I know you like to uh, sell, sell the judges. I know how you like to have those little subtle jabs, and I think I might be uh, coming with some jabs of my own.
0: Written or off the cuff. Who knows? (laughs) Fantastic. I feel a new script coming on in our futures, ladies and gentlemen. But that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Make sure you join us next week for the results with Dino Winwood and Hook Bomberry as our judges. Uh, It's going to be fun. I hope that they uh, don't come down to a tooth and nail discussion and refuse to agree because then we have to scramble to find a third judge. But I don't think that'll be a problem because my card is vastly superior to Ronald's. So, for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you for listening. We love you and good night. Moi. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter
1: at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron4YourLife. Number four. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.